0: But I would say the insulin resistance piece was was m- missing when I first entered this field, and um, we were looking for metabolic syndrome. We were understanding that that glucose was, you know, would 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 be elevated before we would see it in hemoglobin A1c. We I I'd, I'd know that everyone was coming to me complaining of all of the symptoms, everything from brain fog to muscle aches to weight gain, decreased endurance. I'd find an abnormality. Um, but I have to say it's in the past five years, really, where there's been an explosion of research and validation, yeah. um, of insulin resistance, of insulin as the first thing that goes awry. And it transformed my clinical practice first, and then served as an inspiration for the the company I founded, which is bringing lab tests and insulin resistance testing to consumers. Um, it, was, it made such a difference in my practice when we started to calculate coma, IR scores, insulin, you know, really kind of looking early, early insulin resistance um, that I just became obsessed with it. I just, I think it's the biggest piece of the puzzle that's missing in preventive medicine currently.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, geriatric physical therapist, weight loss coach, and passionate disease prevention expert. I used to struggle with emotional eating, sugar cravings, and consistency. Then I learned how to lose the mental and physical weight once and for all with a low insulin lifestyle each week on the reshape your health podcast. You'll learn simple, actionable step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you are ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the reshape your health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and today I am delighted to introduce you to Dr. Soa. She's a board-certified physician of internal medicine specializing in preventative health, nutrition, and obesity medicine. Through her New York City practice, she has helped thousands of patients lose weight and live healthier lives. She also holds an appointment as a clinical instructor in medicine at the New York University School of Medicine, and she's the founder of So Well Health, Um, I heard her first on Cynthia Thurlow's podcast, Everyday Wellness, and I was like, I have to have her on here because she's talking about insulin resistance and the whole world needs to know about insulin resistance. So I'm excited to have someone with a similar philosophy on here so we can just, you know, shoot the breeze and really educate people on why this is so important. So welcome Dr. Soa. give us your story, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I
1: am a doctor, but I'm also a mom.
0: I'm a wife. Um, I have two kids and I have a third one coming any day now. So thanks for squeezing me in. (laughs) Um, And I have always been interested in the field of preventive medicine. I didn't even know what it was called when I first started to kind of get the bug for it. Um, This was like well before I went to medical school. I I had heard someone speak um, on the topic of public health and how much disease you can prevent if you're strength training. That was actually what the lecture was on. I was about 16. I was like, this is so cool. Like, why would you want to be on all these meds for osteoporosis if you can do it through strength training? I didn't know that there was a link there. And it just kind of put me down a path um, where I was always thinking about how could you prevent problems before they happened. And I never knew how that would manifest as a career, but. I went to Johns Hopkins, I studied public health for that reason, because I, oh, okay, we could treat like problems on a large scale, how cool is that? Um, and then I ended up going to NYU for medical school. And while I was in medical school, I was actually very quickly disillusioned by what I was seeing, um, which was so much disease. And, and our education was really focused on treatment of very complex diseases. We need those doctors. Um, I want to have those doctors if I need them. But for me, I really wanted to continue to focus on the preventive health space um, and really thought long and hard about what I, where I would fit in into this world. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna pursue internal medicine. It's the most general to start off with. Maybe I'll find my kind of public health uh, space there. And when I got into the internal medicine residency, it was more, of, and this was again at NYU, which is amazing training. Um, but it was more of a lot of end stage. So it was heart disease. It was cancer. It was type two diabetes. It was high blood pressure. It was cognitive decline and kidney disease. And I thought something is just not sitting right with me. Like we know what leads here, but we're not doing anything about it in our clinics. Um, and it's just not how the traditional medical system is set up. So I was so lucky to have found the field of metabolic health and obesity medicine um, in the middle of my training. And once I found that, I thought, oh my gosh, we have some solutions, nutrition and medications and lifestyle, and I can learn how to really counsel people and really incorporate this into my practice. And then potentially we can take people off of medications rather than putting them on more medications. This is so thrilling and so that's how i ended up in this field because it was really just speaking to me and it and it doesn't speak to a lot of doctors a lot of doctors want to go into the very complex medical management of end stage disease and again we need them um but for me having this this more holistic view of how to start from the very beginning you know now i'm i'm pregnant with my third and thinking about how i feed myself i'm getting so excited how to feed this baby just even starting as as early as you can about how to prevent as much as possible it's thrilling. And so that's how I ended up in this field. Um, and I just think it's the best. And I would never have considered any other any other
1: line of work. Yep, I'm with you. It is the best. But I kind of want to know how did you stumble upon insulin resistance? Um, yeah. We were talking off offline before we started recording. And I told you that I just kept reviewing chart after chart after chart And no one just had diabetes. No one just had heart disease. They had the trifecta of heart disease, diabetes, and dementia at some capacity. And so I kind of followed the the breadcrumb trail. I say back to insulin resistance. So how did you kind of stumble upon this?
0: So I would say I was more fortunate than most um, that I did have some of this laid out for me in my my training um, Mm -hmm. as an obesity medicine or metabolic health medicine specialist. But I would say the insulin resistance piece was was m- missing when I first entered this field, and um, we were looking for metabolic syndrome. We were understanding that that glucose was you know would 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 be elevated before we would see it in hemoglobin A1c. We I I know that everyone was coming to me complaining of all of the symptoms, everything from brain fog to muscle aches to weight gain, decreased endurance. I'd find an abnormality. Um, but I have to say it's in the past five years, really, where there's been an explosion of research and validation, yeah. um, of insulin resistance, of insulin as the first thing that goes awry. And it transformed my clinical practice first, and then served as an inspiration for the, the company I founded, which is bringing lab tests and insulin resistance testing to consumers. Um, it, was, it made such a difference in my practice when we started to calculate HOMA, IR scores, insulin, you know, really kind of looking early for early insulin resistance, um, that I just became obsessed with it. <laughs> you know, I just, I think it's the biggest piece of the puzzle that's missing in preventive medicine currently, um, where we look, we wait way too far to just look at disease diagnosis rather than looking for prevention. And, and insulin is
1: that key. Yeah, I've told this story on the podcast before, but I got an email from someone and she was like, I wanna lower my blood sugar because my doctor said they're not gonna do anything about it until my A1C is seven. I'm like, oh, so they're not gonna do anything about it until you're already diabetic. I'm so glad you're reaching out. know. <laughs> and what cutoffs do you use? So you mentioned the HOMA IR, I've done a YouTube video on that, but I haven't talked about it as much on the podcast. And so I want you to talk about that and fasting insulin and what cutoffs you look for, because we know you're a fan of Dr. Bickman too. And in his book, Why We Get Sick, he says, we've researched the heck out of glucose. And we have pretty standardized cutoff scores for, you know, normal and prediabetes and diabetes. But insulin is a little bit um, newer, as you said. And so I'm guessing you're pretty up to date, uh, having a a business that does this on testing. What scores do you look for? So if someone is like, yeah, I want to get my fasting insulin tested, I want to get my HOMA IR done what scores do you look for and why are these specific tests or maybe there's more the one to get?
0: So it's different. So let's maybe we'll take a more global view of what this is. So our pancreas secretes insulin in response to a glucose load or a carbohydrate load and its job. We need it. Insulin is not bad. We need insulin and insulin is supposed to take that glucose, wrangle it and deliver it off to your body to do its job. The problem is, is that starting, quite early now in our population to even to childhood we're developing something called insulin resistance so what's happening is that your body is not responding to normal levels of insulin and you need higher and higher and higher levels of insulin to wrangle the glucose bring it down to normal levels and then take it off to your body so you can function and So ideally, we have insulin that's just secreted in nice little amounts because you're not, you don't have too many carbohydrates coming in, it handles it, it takes it off, and then there's nothing wrong. And in that situation, we're seeing a fasting insulin, meaning your body, what its normal levels are without seeing any food coming in or out, are ideally below at least eight, potentially even below five. Now. If you've developed insulin resistance and your body has to make more and more and more insulin to get your body to respond to it, your levels are going to be higher. Now, if your levels, and I see very high insulin levels in in, in clinical practice, if your levels are in 20s, 30s, even up to the 60s, your goal will be a little bit different because what we want is to just lower it. <laughs> and it might take a lot of time get back down closer to what's ideal so i wouldn't want anyone to throw in the towel just because they weren't able to decrease so wherever we start we just want it to decrease and if you don't have any evidence of insulin resistance really below eight is our ideal um so is insulin the whole picture it's not so insulin is the first element that becomes elevated um, years in advance of glucose. And the average glucose marker, hemoglobin A1C, becoming elevated. So that's why I love it because love it. for years it does its job so well that you'll keep your glucose numbers down. So you go to the doctor and they're like, "You're fine." You know, oh, you know what I would also what I would often hear in um in my training is like I, you would ask, you like well, this person has a blood sugar of 101 and it's like one point above the cutoff. Do we worry about it?" And the training would kind of be like, oh, I just haven't repeat it. It was probably a fluke. And you're like, nope, that is really, you know that's in the the, the pre-diabetic range. And at that point, you've probably had an elevated insulin level for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so if 10 years ago we could have said, your insulin is high, but your fasting glucose is normal, but this is the time. You need to start learning what a carbohydrate is. You need to start learning how to fuel your body better and give it something that it will respond better to and your pancreas won't get tired and your insulin resistance will not continue. So we look at insulin with glucose together and I like to use the HOMA-IR score. It's a mathematical modeling tool that's been validated and we put that together to kind of predict your level of insulin resistance and it gives gradations of, of insulin resistance. And we'd like that number to ideally be below, be below one. You can find that calculator on our website at okay. and it's actually something, we'll talk a little bit more about what we're doing. Um, but when we, uh, if you get one of our kits that tests for insulin, we do use that tool because it is so valid. And what's exciting is, is that you might have a normal glucose and a normal hemoglobin A1C and you'll say, oh, but I do have some level of insulin resistance. This explains why I'm feeling why I'm feeling this way. And the big problem with insulin, and I'm just talking and talking, because you can tell I'm so passionate about it. But (laughs) the big problem is that if you go, (laughs) if you go to the traditional doctor and ask for a fasting insulin test, they'll probably look at you like you have three heads. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's they shouldn't, but we just didn't really learn about it um, in medical education. And it's we're very slow to adapt to new things. It usually takes about 17 years for something we know to be true to make its way to clinical practice. So um, if any of you have ever had this conversation with your doctor and they sh- like shot you down, they're not bad doctors, they just don't know. And so sometimes the patient has to do some of the education.
1: Yep, and I, I think that that's a really valid point. When you were talking about your traditional medical training, one thought popped into my head on, I wonder if she regretted not going to functional medical school. Did you ever think about that or have that internal conflict?
0: Um, Well, I think I have. I mean, I have. So I've taken so many functional medicine courses and and read so much. And my approach is very holistic. Um, At the time, I was like, well, I'm in it. Like, this this is how you get to, you know, from point A to point B. But I was always searching for ways that kind of, Served what I wanted to do more. Um, And the great thing in life is that you can continue to learn. And so it doesn't always have to be on the traditional path. And it could be through great books or podcasts or courses. And so I definitely have done that and embraced um, more holistic and functional education.
1: Yeah. And I also think that just coming from a traditional background, it gives you more authority and credibility with other traditional providers that you're trying to reach. Say, hey, I had your training too. I get it this makes a lot of sense look into it so i really appreciate the work that you're doing um i always say as a fellow entrepreneur there's very few people that understand <laughs> what it's like uh, especially as a young mom so kudos to you for working so hard and being so passionate about getting this really important word out there um, so you have a clinic i wanted to talk a little bit more about your business you have a clinic but then you have a business on testing and kits. So will you tell us a little bit more about maybe your approach and business on how to help someone reverse insulin resistance and then why you you decided to develop kind of this other business on test kits?
0: Yes. So I do, I have a a non-traditional, but a traditional um, clinic in New York City. And I exclusively help people with weight management and metabolic health in this practice. And so they come to me um, with either um, symptoms of metabolic dysfunction. So they'll have type two diabetes that are un- is uncontrolled or cholesterol markers that aren't being controlled and they want something different than just more medications. Um, and then generally a lot of weight management because that's the biggest symptom that people experience with metabolic dysfunction is excess weight. And what they don't realize is that it's not just a willpower issue. Often there's a, just a big hormonal driver. Um, And so I have a practice that exclusively helps people with these issues. And it's non-traditional in a sense that we really take a very holistic approach. So I tell everyone that we start top to bottom and go inside and out. And I am looking for medical reasons, hormonal reasons, um, environmental reasons. We are diving deep into the psychology of, of behavior change. And I support them with all the tools that are available in this field, which is very exciting. And that's the wonderful thing about being a traditional doctor is that I have access to everything, right? And so we look for sleep apnea, you know, and we will treat that if needed um, to help along their journey. Uh, We can use medications. And there are very powerful medications that can help. There are five um, FDA-approved medications, actually six now. Uh, FDA-approved medications to use for, for weight management. Um, there are great supplements. There are uh, We use very targeted nutrition in my practice that you look deeply at the labs, you combine it with their lifestyle, and we kind of combine it all into one. And I would say for anyone out there who wants to make a behavior change or helps people make a behavior change, the one thing in my practice that is the most important thing is consistency and accountability. Right. And you can execute that in any form and any provider can provide that, which is just consistency. And people think if they just will themselves enough and wish, wish behavior change to happen, it will happen. But really, we really need our, our hand held throughout big, you know, behavior changes. And so that's what I do in my private practice. And it's so fulfilling. But I kept seeing the same problem over and over again, which was people would come to me with their symptoms, their weight gain, their decreased endurance, their poor sleep, their brain fog, their regular periods. And they would come to me with labs from their outside doctor and a provider, and they would say, I've been told I'm fine, and I just need to, like, eat less or exercise more, and I'm really discouraged, and I want to cry. Literally, I go through so many tissue boxes on my desk, you know, because people come in, they're just so defeated before we even got started. And I would look at the same set of labs and I would order a few more like fasting insulin. And I would quickly tell them, you know, I see the problem here. No, you might not be to full blown disease yet. You might not yet have type two diabetes or a hemoglobin A1C above 6.5, but I see insulin resistance. I see metabolic syndrome. Uh, Your doctor never only focused on the LDL and your cholesterol markers, but they never told you that your triglycerides were elevated. Let's talk about that. I see vitamin deficiencies. I see abnormal iron stores. I see evidence of inflammation. I see uh, metabolic syndromes and underactive thyroids. And it's subtle. But because I was so fortunate to have this specialty training and and to really, like, discover how important this field of metabolic health was, I could help people right away, like, lift the burden of shame and say, actually, no, I, I validate what you're feeling. Like, there's a lot of reasons for why you're feeling this way. And I see it. And it would just, you would quickly correct it through lifestyle or supplementation in, in cases in my medical practice, medic, medication. And it just happened with every patient. And I thought, well, I'm not scalable. Yeah. But what can I do that will help people learn about this and get access to these tests that are actually hard to come by um, in most traditional offices? And, and I, also, I also feel like in traditional medicine, we don't screen people enough. We don't let them get their labs checked you know, as frequently as they should be. Um, and so what can I do? And so I launched a company that allows people to, with a finger prick, test for the most important metabolic factors, including fasting insulin at home. And they don't need the permission of their doctor um, to to get it done. And it's been wonderful to see the response to these these testing kits um, because it really filled a need that it just wasn't out there before.
1: Yep, and I'm gonna be an affiliate. Uh, You and Dr. Bickman are are the only two people that I'm an affiliate for um, thus far. So I think it is amazing. I think that bringing um, knowledge and easy access to people, removing that barrier, number one, the barrier of just going to the doctor, especially during COVID right now. But number two, having the risk that your doctor is gonna make you feel inferior or silly for even asking that's kind of a big barrier. You know, I think that people are getting more used to advocating for their health. But how beautiful is that, you know, that you had that great idea and that you're seeing such good success with it. I have a few follow up questions um, that I want to circle back around mm-hmm. to on the weight loss medications that you use, mm-hmm. any favorite supplements, and then the most common vitamin deficiencies that you see in practice. Yes. Um, but okay. I, before we do that, tell me more about this. Um metabolic test kit? Like what specifically do you test for? Because is it just fasting insulin? Or are there other markers that you do?
0: So on our website right now, um, we have our weight biology kit. And I think by the time this airs, we're going to have our PCOS biology kit. So these are go online, order them. Mm-hmm. And they get shipped to your door. And all the instructions and all the supplies are in here. And it's a easy finger prick test. So it's not the traditional venous blood draw, you know, where you have to go and, and a phlebotomist has to draw it. You can actually do it at home. And our testing kit tests, um, the weight biology kit tests for eight biomarkers that are the most important in determining metabolic health. So on the blood sugar front, we're testing for fasting insulin, fasting glucose, and hemoglobin A1C. So we can use all of them in comparison and we put them together in a smart way for you so you don't have to do the digging. Um, on the cholesterol front, we test for triglycerides, which I've already touched on. They're so important and they're really overlooked in the traditional um, doctor's office. HDL, which is good cholesterol, um, also often overlooked. We really need that number to be a little bit higher than it is in most of the population. Metabolic dysfunction drives down your HDL. Um, and then we look at LDL on that front. Um, LDL in my opinion is not nearly as important as the traditional uh, medical field makes it out to be, but it is, uh, it is important to kind of keep track of it. And then on the general wellness front, we're checking thyroid stimulating hormone because we often see hand in hand hypothyroidism. Um, one problem that we see often is that we wait way too long uh, for thyroids to be dysfunctional before we address it. And there's a lot of holistic care we can actually take to kind of bring inflammation down in the thyroid. And we look at vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. So that's your, the answer to a vitamin that is often overlooked, um, that I often see plays a big factor in how people are feeling. So vitamin D is often checked, very important for overall metabolic health bone health um, and impl- inflammation but vitamin B12 I feel like is a sneaky thing that no one ever checks they don't know why you would check for it but when it's low you feel anxious tired you your body has an inability to really kind of help itself through behavior changes so we always look for low uh, vitamin two, uh, vitamin B12 levels and, and recommend a supplement if it's lower so that's what we have um, in our at home testing kit on the metabolic front, we are launching a PCOS kit, polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, It is a disease of insulin resistance. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately it affects up to 20% of women and most women can't get a diagnosis. And once they do, no one ever tells them that really the symptoms that you're feeling with this, the irregular periods, the weight gain, acne, bloat, it's, it's generally related back to insulin resistance. And so we're trying to, to really help women get closer to a diagnosis and then trend their metabolic health and understand how to change it. Um, so so that's what we're, we're providing at home and, and we're listening to what people want out there and we're building the next set of kits um, to address just the needs. But everything we, we test for does include fasting insulin because we think it's so important.
1: So then is it sent back to a lab or is it just like right there? How, how do the results get interpreted? And then what's the lag time between test and interpretation? So it's a great
0: question. So we prick your finger, you drop it onto a card, follow the instructions, let it sit for an hour, and then you pop it into our prepackaged mail or in the mail, just general USPS. And it goes to our, our lab. Uh, We have an amazing lab partner that is certified and validated and I'm, I'm just obsessed with them, they um, run the test so quickly. And the important thing to know about our tests and why we're able to do it is that we have doctors behind the scenes who are licensed in your state who order the tests and then interpret the tests. So there are physician eyeballs who really make sure that everything looks good, and we release it to you then on our our interactive um, web-based portal. And so you can always have access to your data and we explain everything to you, break it down, provide you with resources, next step guides, how to talk to your doctor about these results. Right? Like, what do you say? Where do you go? What book should you read? <laughs> you know? um, and as we're growing out our partnerships, we're providing people with even more resources of where to go and, and how to get more support um, with what we found. Um, the overall time it, it's pretty short actually, I mean, you order the, the, um, test kit, it gets shipped to you in just a few days. And then as soon as you can turn it around and get it in the mail, you should get your results in about three to five business days. Um,
1: so it's quite fast. That is amazing. This is really exciting to me because, um, one of the steps in my system for Zivly is data. And I think that when you know better, you can do better um but if people are just they don't know or it, there's a barrier to getting that information um it's hard you know and so i love you know you test i don't even have them like do tsh or vitamin b12 on the little chart that i give them but i love that you're doing all of that so oh that is so cool so exciting um and i think it's a good step like for any of my members listening if you haven't got your blood checked and you've been a lot of them are afraid to go to their doctor cuz they're like oh my numbers are going to be bad and they're going to want to put me on a med that's another barrier this overcomes, you get the knowledge without the risk of your doctor saying, Okay, you need to go on a medication. Now, I think that that that's one reason people avoid getting their numbers checked. It's not that they don't want to know it's that they don't want their doctor to know and prescribe them a medication.
0: You know, and even as a doctor myself, going to the doctor, I almost have to like beg for labs, and it's just easier for me to write them. And I'm like, well, most people can't do that. <laughs> you know, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't be that complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we also find with people ordering our tests is that we put them together in a in a bit of a different way than a traditional doctor. So, if if you're like, I don't think I, I, I yeah I got my labs checked, but I don't know if anything came out of it. It's a what we've created is a way we put them together and use your your data. So are you on a blood pressure medicine, do, um, do you take a cholesterol medicine, we put it together and we're screen we screen you for kind of even bigger things that you might not have talked about. So metabolic syndrome, or we'll look for sleep apnea. Um, So it's not just getting like a lab number, I'd really like to kind of um, point that out. It's we try to give you what feels like a personalized experience of of meeting with a doctor who has a deep understanding on the metabolic health front.
1: Yeah, well, that is really cool. I'm excited about that. So let's circle back around and talk about the medications, because I'm a PT, can't prescribe yeah. medications, don't want that responsibility, love partnering with physicians and helping people reduce their medications. Yes. Um, so talk to me about what major medications you have found to be successful in yes. weight loss. And is this an indefinite medication or is it something to kind of get them going or break through a plateau? Like, what do you use and kind of how do you use it? This is a great question. So...
0: We, I I really think it's very specific to individuals. Um, over on our website at getsowell.com, people can download a guide to these medications we're talking about. So mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're like, oh, that's cool, I've never heard about that, you can head over and hear. Um, so one, it has to be a conversation that like is is two way. Like if you ever meet a doctor who's like, this is what we should put you on without any other options, it's not probably, the right decision. Um, you really need to understand all of, the, of, of the, the medication options. So there are the most effective medications we have right now to help with metabolic dysfunction, insulin resistance, and weight loss actually are called GLP-1 agonists. Um, they mimic a hormone that's in the body, that's a satiety hormone. And it's a hormone that actually helps you kind of take carbohydrates and burn them more efficiently and that's really the underlying reason why i love them because 60 percent of our country has evidence of insulin resistance 75 percent carries excess weight so it's a big overlap of a population of why this medication works on both fronts so it really works to improve your metabolism for lack of a better word people think of metabolism is like how many calories can you eat but really it's how can your body efficiently use the food it's coming in as fuel and I really like these medications. So the two medications on the market for weight loss are called Saxenda, and then a medication called Wegovy, And they're both in this um, kind of field of GLP-1s. And then there's a third medication that's a GLP-1 that's only approved for type two diabetes management, but often specialists in the field will use it for, both for weight management too when we see evidence of insulin resistance. And that medication is called Ozempic. Okay. Um, the thing to know about these drugs, unfortunately, is that they're pretty expensive and it's a big bummer. Um, and not all insurance companies will cover them. Um, and often you'll really have to find a specialist doctor like me, and you can find someone like me at the website, um, www.abom.org. Okay. The American Board of ObesityMedicine.org. Because it's, it takes a lot of finagling with the insurance companies to get these covered. Um, and usually we can find a way to get one of them if we think it's really the best for you covered, but um, it's something that most traditional doctor's offices don't have the capacity to, to even do, which is sad, which is really sad. Um, the meds work, we see up to 20% of body um, of total body weight lost just on the medications alone, combine it with lifestyle and uh, nutrition, and then you're seeing upwards of even 30% total body weight loss, which is surpassing bariatric surgery expectations. So those are very big. They're very big. They're not new, but yeah, uh, they've been around for a while. But the way that we're utilizing them now, and they're being marketed, people are just hearing about them for the first time. Wegovy was just released on the market this past summer. Um, another medication that I love to use is called Contrave. Contrave is a combination of two medications, um, one Welbutrin and another called Naltrexone. And those are actually generic medications um, that can be combined together when you have someone who's comfortable doing that. Um, But it's marketed under a non-generic name called Contrave. Why I like this one is because it helps people with cravings. It works on the receptor in the brain. That's an addiction center of the brain. Now, Trexone was first developed to help people cut back on drinking. Hmm. And what we realized is that it doesn't just work for drinking, but it works for all addictive vices, including food. Now, a medication can never do the complete job. It helps to augment what you're doing. And so it can be the very, very helpful in behavioral training to have this kind of this release from an addiction to a food. Where you're able to just focus on the healthier foods and not be obsessed and thinking coming back to foods that aren't serving you. Um, and it's it's very effective. Um, and it has very low side effects and it's generally affordable. So I, I really like that one. Um, and then there are a few other medications. Uh one is called Cusimia. Cusimia, I use less and less in my clinical practice, but it's very effective. Um, it combines a stimulant and actually a migraine medication that we found in combination really helps control appetite. It is, again, very well tolerated. Um, stimulants, though, overall, just don't make people feel great most of the time. And so there, it's very it's a proof for your heart long-term. It's, really, it's a healthy medication with very, no, very little side effect. Um, but I don't use it as much because I, I find that over time people say, you know what, when I came out that night I felt a lot better. I didn't realize how crummy I felt on it. But for many people, it works very, very well. And then there are a few others that, um, the one that I never ever mentioned is called Ally. Um, it's over available over the counter. It has a terrible reputation because it generally, what it does is it binds to fat and it helps fats come out of you faster and you get a lot of GI side effects with it. So I don't think I've ever prescribed that once in my entire career because who wants that side effect? Um, <laughs> so there are a lot of other um, more uh, effective and tolerated drugs in the market. And then one that we didn't talk, you brought up um, at the beginning was called metformin. Now, metformin is not a weight loss drug, but we do see weight loss with it when you have um, insulin resistance. It makes your body more sensitive to the insulin that it already secretes, so it'll help bring the insulin level down. Metformin um, is not the only solution. There are over-the-counter supplements. There's something that we've developed um, because I truly believe in it in our supplements. We have called myo-inositol, which is very similar to the chemical makeup of metformin. And so people will often feel like they don't wanna try a medication, but that Mm -hmm. has the same effect of blood sugar lowering and insulin lowering. Um, And with that, when you bring your insulin down, you're less hungry your body doesn't store all of its carbohydrates as food. And so you lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Not as much as some of our
1: weight loss medications, but you lose weight. So that was a very deep dive. I hope that was not too much info. Nope, Uh, my audience loves information. Um, We're just uh, kind of science junkies around here. Um, So one thing that I wanna be sure that everyone knows is we're talking fast. Uh, We're going to link all of these resources in the blog post um, associated with this episode. And I'll be sure to uh, um, put a link in there to the medication guide. I I was like, should I take notes here? Should I take notes here? No, I'm just going to go download that medication guide. Um, And if you're interested in in this, you should too. I'm going to link to that abom.org website. Um, I'm guessing that that is, will you just explain what that is, ABOM. So it's
0: the American Board of Obesity Medicine, so any doctors who have um, specialty training and are boarded in the field of metabolic health and obesity medicine are listed there. It's a great resource because if you go to your traditional, um, your your general practitioner, they really might not know a thing about these meds, and they might tell you're crazy or they're dangerous, and that's just wrong. Um, And so if you kind of seek out a specialist, they'll be able to help you right away. I'm a a really big fan of this organization. You just type your little zip code in and you could find someone.
1: Perfect. And I love having that resource. Um, We like to say physical therapists are good at punting. Like if it's not something that we can take care of, we're going to figure out who can do it and we're going to punt you their way. Um, So if someone in my, if a member or something wants help uh, finding someone near us, I'm in Omaha or outside, but just let me know. Um, And then supplements, I know that you have a line of supplements and I'm sure to, Link to those in the show notes as well. Will you mention that one that mimics metformin one more time? It's called myo inositol,
0: um, and it's actually so we have a, a five custom blended supplements. They're things that I've used in my practice for years because there is a, there is a space for some supplements. There's a space for for medications that require a prescription, but also supplements. And I, I've only created things that have been very effective, and myo is one of them. And it's a supplement that naturally helps your body bring down its insulin level and bring down your blood sugar level. Um, it's used frequently in supplements for women with PCOS because again, that's a disease of insulin resistance, but in the general population, it is very effective. We actually have put it into a calming supplement, so a relaxation supplement because you know people think blood sugar, blood sugar is just diabetes, but when, you're, when your blood sugar is elevated, um, even in the smallest context, all of your inflammatory markers are elevated, if your cortisol is elevated and it brings it down naturally to a place of actual relaxation. Like when your blood sugar is normal, you're more relaxed. Yeah, And that's been shown over and over again, which is amazing. We don't think about it in that way. So that's where we have, have utilized it. Um, and it's 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 something that I wish more doctors felt comfortable with because it's it's well studied, it's well tolerated. And for people who are like, you know what? I might go into medication
1: but I'm not there yet it's a really good place to start mm-hmm. I also think that sometimes these are some low-hanging fruits I always tell people identify what is the easiest thing for you to change right now sometimes honestly taking a prescription is easier or taking a supplement is e- easier than completely removing carbohydrates or even significantly lowering them but hey what if you take this and it reduces the impact and as that happens, then you learn how to uh, find healthier substitutions and change your behavior. So um, I'm, I'm with you. It's like if it's appropriate and if it's been proven, like let's let's pursue that. If you feel like that's what you're called to do. And I love having these resources now for my members. Um, what are the other supplements you have? You said you have five, four more. So we also have an omega um, combined with curcumin
0: for anti-inflammatory properties that will help raise HDL, lower LDL and triglycerides naturally. Um, we have a blood sugar lowering supplement with berberine and cinnamon. So people will often combine these and we put put it all together. Um, these have been shown over and over again to, to be effective uh, ways to naturally lower blood sugar. Um, we have a, a it's called get so calm it's a relaxation aid it doesn't have melatonin it's not a sleep aid so you can use it at any time during the day one of the biggest factors that happens when people have insulin resistance is that concurrently there's something else that's driving up their cortisol and it's like a chicken and egg and so we've been living through some stressful times and what most people have been doing is 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 reaching for a glass of wine and so this is something I've used in my practice for a long time to say, you know what, let's substitute that nightly glass of wine out for something else um, that will kind of bring you, give, give you like a little bit of chillness. And what we have in that is um, some, some L-theanine, we have taurine and magnesium, which most of us are deficient in, and it's just a natural calming aid. Um, so I call it like my, my alternative to a glass of wine. And we also have a supplement for women with PCOS that combines um, six elements that generally they're recommended to take and they have to like go take here and here and here and we put it all into one, including what we were talking about was um and d which really helps with natural ovulation and to regulate blood sugars. Um, so we, we've kind of cherry picked so it's not confusing and kind of put them thoughtfully together for you and and our kits will. Oh, and there's one more—a vitamin B12 complex. Because again, we've got so many deficiencies um, in that in that space, and people feel generally better with a little bit of, of added B12. And so our kits will tell you, you know, what we we recommend based on if we're finding the elevated, ins- finding elevated blood sugar, insulin resistance. Or if you're just generally pretty stressed out, you'll tell us, um, or you know any of the vitamin deficiencies. So, so we have those there. They're just again, I I like I I generally feel better when I supplement where I need it, and it can be a way that you remember that you are taking care of yourself. Like a, a daily supplement, the process of taking it, you say, okay, huh, I did this today. Now, what do I want to do tomorrow? Now, we don't have to do everything at once, but it can be very additive, and it can just make you in these times of where we have a lot on our plates, it's just a little bit of nice self-care.
1: Yeah. I am uh, I know we have to wrap this up. We could probably do 10 podcasts. <laughs> I feel like we just hit the tip of the iceberg and we hit, Um, I tried to target this interview towards the medications and the supplements because we hadn't touched on that yet on the podcast and your test kits because I think it's such an awesome gap that you're filling, super valuable information. Um, I know that I'll be, telling my members about this um awesome. yeah i just i see that company uh growing so i really wish you the best of luck there um but Thank we you me. let our uh, listeners know where they can learn more about you
0: yes you can go over to get so well.com you can find all of our products there um, you can find me personally on instagram at alexandra soa md i'm not the most active but i'm there and so if you ask your questions i will respond And we are listening to to everyone who's using our products, and we're really creating the next things that we'll release based on what users are telling us that they want. And again, this is just about empowering people with their own data. And I just love talking um, to people like you who are providing the solutions, right? We love having our partners who are helping people through the behavioral changes, and um, it's just the The more that we can kind of go hand in hand, the better it is for everyone. So thank you for having me.
1: Yes, it was my pleasure. I can't wait for people to hear this interview. And if you have not already, if you're listening or watching, please be sure that you subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. It really helps this message um, and this information get seen by and heard by more people. So thank you in advance for that. Dr. Silla, I'm sure that we will be in touch. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and don't forget to tell a friend. To learn more and connect online, check out the links in the show notes.